I'm Carly Zakin. And I'm Danielle Weisberg. Welcome to 9 to 5-ish with The Skin. We've run into so many questions over the years and had so many moments where we needed advice and we got it from women who'd been there. And that's what we're bringing you with this show. Each week, we're helping you get what you want out of your career by talking to the smartest leaders we know. Because we know your work life is a lot more than nine to five. All right, let's get into it. Hi, everyone. I can't believe we're already at the end of 2022. Carly and I have been thinking about all of the incredible women we have had on the show this year. So we wanted to do this episode a little differently and talk about the stories and messages they've shared that have really stuck with us. Before we get into all of that, we're going to kick off this episode like we normally do with a lightning round. But this time, we are throwing it back to some of our favorite lightning round answers. Danielle, are you ready? Let's do it. First, we learned that our guests have had some interesting first jobs, like Cindy Eckert, the founder of the Pinkubator. I used to make my big brothers pay for me to bring them things from the refrigerator to the couch because they were so lazy. And Christine Chang, founder of Glow Recipe. I worked at a convenience store from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. near my house because I wanted to get some real-life experience in high school. Wow, that is certainly a way to get some good experience. And some of our guests had seriously unexpected secret hobbies and skills, like Good Morning America host Robin Roberts. You should see me with Angry Birds. Now, I know you can Google it, but I mean, that <laughs> is a skill set. I mean, I, I take those birds down. And Deepika Matiala, the founder of Live Tinted. I'm good at basketball and nobody believes that. And I need the world to know that. I kind of love that she led with that. A lot of the women we spoke to thought about the last time they negotiated for themselves. And while a lot of them negotiated for their careers, they also negotiated the small stuff too. Oh, well, I have children. So this morning, I learn a lot about negotiating with my kids. (laughs) And I learn how to pick and choose battles. I learn how to negotiate with calm and how to negotiate with heart. We learned so much about our guests in the lightning round alone. Absolutely. So let's get into the biggest thing that resonated with us from this year of 9 to 5-ish. It was really about prioritizing both your mental and physical health. This was such a huge topic this year. I think it came up in almost every single episode we did. I'm so grateful that it did uh, because there's just so much to say about this. And the first guest that came to mind for me was actor Constance Wu, who decided she needed to prioritize her health and take a break from work altogether. I did take a long break from social media and from being a public person. And it probably has affected my career. And it is a choice that I've made my mental health over my career. I've turned down magazine covers because I just don't want that visibility. And just, I've tried to just limit my public exposure, which has an effect on what jobs I get because people look at those kind of things when you're a TV film actress. And I didn't even want to return to social media. I had actually planned not to. And my publisher kind of really was pushing for me to rejoin for my book. And I was very resistant for a really long time. And I talked about it with my therapist and that's sort of 
What made me make the decision that, yeah, three years ago for me to rejoin social media in order to talk about these experiences, I wasn't ready. I was too raw, too wounded still. But I do feel that now I have, through that experience of almost losing my life, I have created tools that I can use to help me out of those situations. And even though I was scared of rejoining public media or social media, I realized that the possibility of me helping somebody who was like in my situation that I was three years ago meant more to me than like, than I was afraid of it. We were really moved by Constance's story. Also, on the topic of protecting your health, Instacart CEO Fiji Simo also came to mind for me. She touched on her own experience with endometriosis, and she told us that journey forced her to be more vulnerable with her team and her bosses. I had to be obviously a lot more vulnerable with my team because I was dialing in from my bed, like, you know, surrounded by pillows and, you know, not not my most glamorous self. And initially I was terrified that I was going to lose a lot of credibility in the process because you develop a leadership style that relies on, you know, a certain presence and all of that. And all of that was gone. And so I had to go back to, okay, what makes me good at what I do? How do I make decisions? How do I delegate? And how, you know, during these moments, I connect with my team. And it was really interesting because I realized I built much stronger bonds with my team during that time. And, you know, they started opening up about their own challenges. And that created a real kind of aha moment for me where, you know, I always thought that as a leader, I need to be like perfectly put together and pretend that I had it all figured out. And in that moment, I realized I I became a better leader because I could show them that I had, you know, some struggles as well. I could have listened to Fiji talk all day. She has done so much to raise awareness for this. That was definitely a a really enlightening conversation. And there was another moment that I loved from Indra Nuyi, the former CEO of PepsiCo, about figuring out what's most important to you. So you have to figure out what job you want versus what you can't pull off in your personal life. Sometimes it worries me when people say, I want to rise to the top. But I need my 12 hours of sleep. I need my time off. I need my personal time. I am married, but my husband is not supportive of my job. And I have no family. Hell, that doesn't bode well for you because rising up a corporation is a pyramid. It's very, very difficult. But not everybody should want to rise up a corporation. There are so many jobs with great purpose that can touch people in different ways. You know, don't always aspire to move up a corporate ladder. The second thing that struck us was how many leaders had to rethink their identities at work. Because our careers take on new seasons as we grow older, our priorities outside of work tend to change too. That was beautifully said. Why, thank you, Tanya. And I feel like that really came through in our episode with Beth Ford, the CEO of Land Lakes. She realized that when she became a CEO, she had a major responsibility to the people working for her, which is a really different type of responsibility and experience than when she was climbing up the ladder. Listen, I respect people. They're trying to raise a family. They're working hard doing whatever the job is. You want, you're a janitor or whatever. I, I've been the janitor, right? That's my dad. That's my uncle. And so I, I think that what 
is helpful is I understand because I've been there because that's my family, how important it is to have an optimistic, positive view to value every person, to value every job that you're doing and understand how critical it is. It's not about, you know, you're the CEO, so you're the most important. Everybody's important in an organization and you have to you have to value them and help them see what success is too and, and celebrate their success, whatever that might be. So I, I think it's been helpful when I'm making decisions to understand that's a real person life impact that may transpire because of some decision you make. Someone else we loved hearing from was Fawn Weaver, who launched Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey, a fantastic brand if I do say so myself. Fawn talked about rethinking who she wanted to be as a professional, and she said that there was actually a book she read early on that truly changed everything for her. The most powerful book for me that I've ever read is a book that would probably bore everyone else to death. And I read it when I was 20, and it's called Please Understand Me Too. That is how I learned my personality type. And up until that point, I would try to explain to people who I was and how I was. But it wasn't until I read that book that I said, I'm not going to explain myself to anybody. I just need to be the one who understands me. And it doesn't matter if anyone else understands me. And so any notion of people pleasing left me after I read that book. So now it's like 25 years ago. And I think that when you don't have a need to people please, it's real easy to just kind of do things with, without fear, or maybe not necessarily without fear, but moving beyond the fear. In other words, not allowing any type of fear to dictate what you do. I think divorcing yourself from caring about what people think of you and your decisions is what allows a person to do that. CNN's chief political correspondent, Dana Bash, reframed how she thought of professional success when she had sort of a career renaissance, if you will. There are a lot of overnight successes. There are a lot of people who just either have a moment and then their star goes into the stratosphere or they get their mojo really young. And none of that is true for me. Like I said earlier, I've almost hit the 29-year mark at CNN. And it's been a very steady, almost tortoise-like situation for me. And I think that's fine. I really do. And what I mean by patience is that my motto has always been, put your head down and do your work. Are there times where I, I get competitive and I say, excuse me, like I should have this position or I should have that assignment? Absolutely. We all have to stick up for ourselves, especially women. But that has not been the trajectory of my career. And that, for me, has served me well. It's been the best. And finally, the last thing that stuck with us this season is how important the support of friends and family was for our guests. Here is actress and podcast host, Rachel Bilson, on how her friendships have helped her thrive. My best friends that I refer to have been my best friends for 25 plus years. And we have grown up together. We have been through everything together. There are things in my life I would not have gotten through without them. And when I say I can survive anything, I mean with them by my side <laughs> uh, most of the time. But it's so important to surround yourself with women that can hold you up, can support you, 
not judge you, and actually be true friends. And as you get older, you learn who are actually true friends mm -hmm. and who aren't, and you keep those ones closer. In the case of the producing duo, Shonda Rhimes and Betsy Beers, finding community at work and leaning on each other as business partners has been key to their success, which we appreciate because it has turned into some of our favorite shows like Grey's Anatomy, Totally Still Obsessed, and Scandal. For me, I think just the times when you get discouraged or you get sick of everybody or you like, I can't roll this ball up the hill anymore, like one more time I'm gonna die. It's always important for the other person to be like, it's okay, I'll take over. Otherwise, I feel like we'd collapse. And we do really work at it, I think. Agreed. Like, we we work at it. We spend time, we talk about this a lot, like, we have to speak to each other a certain amount of times a week in order to feel totally sane. In the old days, we called it the barking dog. Like, mm -hmm. we had this thing where it's like something's bugging you in the back of your head and you don't know what it is, but you know it's bugging you and you know it's going to be a problem. And I think very early on, that was sort of the precursor to this because we'd each kind of look at each other and say like, I think I've got a barking dog. And the rule was you never say no to a barking dog. You just accept that the dog is barking and it probably means something. And it always did. But I think the end result has been, as we've grown over the years, it's having the respect for each other to understand when the person needs the support, sometimes just to listen, but also the craft and creative business of problem solving. We're going to wrap things up by doing a one question lightning round for the both of us. In case you haven't listened to our new season, which you totally should, this is the question we're asking all of our guests in the lightning round. Carly. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Go. What's one thing you do before you take on a new challenge? Call you and then uh, <laughs> probably, say, probably say a prayer. Danielle, your turn. What, what do you do before you take on a challenge? I probably vet it with like you. And <laughs> I want to say someone else, but let's just know what else. Let's, let's end the year being honest. And I also visualize it. I, I try to look at like, what is what is this going to do for me? How am I going to feel when I've gone into this or am in it? We had so much fun looking back on this year of nine to five ish and thinking about all of the incredible stories our guests have shared. And the best part is there's more where that came from. We are only a couple of weeks into our new season, so keep listening to 9 to 5-ish wherever you get your podcasts. See you next year. Thanks for listening to this episode of 9 to 5-ish with The Skim. A new episode will be in your feed again next Wednesday. In the meantime, check out our news podcast, Skim This. Every Thursday, we cover what you need to know each week in 30 minutes or less. And if you want to keep up with us in between episodes, follow us on Instagram at Carly and Danielle. It's a really good account, I promise. <laughs>